some fell right down that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here put on the show It's paranormal overload with southern hospitality Haunted murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Everything that goes bump at night Overthinking if you by yourself These two will have you turning on the lights Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right Hey, Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories Now here's your hosts Jerry and Tracy Paul Heather Dog Ninja Sometimes they're cat Freddy, but never the ferrets. Hi, this is Dave Schrader from the Ghosts of Devil's Perch on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus, and you're listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Hey guys, welcome to episode 323 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, obviously, we want to start off thanking all of our military and civil service members all over the world that are a member of our allied forces. Thanks to all of you men, women, and service animals for everything that you do for us every day. Yes, thank you guys so much. And I know a lot of people are helping with the floods and all the hurricane, hurricane things going on. And we appreciate y'all so much. We keep you in our prayers every day. And we just so so grateful to you guys you don't understand so um, thank you guys so so much and we appreciate you all having our backs yeah and we hope that uh, all you guys down in the hurricane's path in florida georgia and south carolina hope uh, you all made it through with minimal damage yeah i hope so too guys so also tracy we want to make sure that people realize that you are not in this world alone, even if sometimes you think you are. If you're going through some personal struggles and you feel like you don't have anyone, trust me, you've got several people. Your mind is playing tricks on you, telling you that you don't. You're not a burden to anyone. You're not bothering anyone. Your problems um, are not yours to share by yourself. Absolutely correct. You guys need to reach out to us. We will do our best to help you if it's nothing else but just listening. We have our wonderful group you guys can reach to at any time. They are amazing. You can also um, call the new number. It is 988. And the text is still the same. It's 741741. But we guys, we are here for you all. Anything, anytime, day or night, please contact us. We beg you. I want to make sure, too, that people realize that the group is a private group. So it's a safe place. But at the same time, there is a fairly new feature in there where you can post anonymously. So even if you're a member of the group and you want to talk about something, but you don't want people to know exactly who you are, there is a button you can click where you can post and it just shows up as anonymous. So no one knows who you are, but you can still get some support. There you go. There you go. So I thought that would be very important. Now, I want to add this week, uh, we had a listener write us that spent 22 years in the military, several tours in, uh, in the Middle East. He said his words, he's been blown up, he's been shot at, he's been spit on, he's been sworn at, not much bothers him. But he went through his own situation where he had a suicide attempt that luckily failed in 2011, 
and he wanted veterans to know that, uh, and he wanted to limit us to veterans for obvious reasons because right. this is his level of expertise. That he wanted veterans to know that if they needed someone to talk to that would know exactly what they're going through, to please get in contact with Tracy or myself, and uh, we will forward you his name and phone number, and he'll be more than happy to talk to you about the situations going yeah. on. Sounds like he's been through a lot. God bless you, and thank you for your service. Absolutely. All right. We're going to talk about the cruise a little bit later, because I know there'll be some people who are curious about the cruise, mm-hmm. and how it went, and everything that went on. It was fantastic. Can't wait to do the next one. And um, But we first, we want to talk some haunted stuff. How about that? Hi. It is the month. Now, obviously, this is October. We're going to have a bunch of extra bonuses and stuff this month. We always throw some stuff out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can't wait. <laughs> we're going to do a lot of haunted Kentucky stuff this October. So Sounds stick, good to me. Stick close to home. And Tracy, the reason I brought up the cruise is because this story that we're doing tonight is actually the one that we covered on the cruise. So okay. At the time, nobody mm-hmm. heard it. And if you were on the cruise and heard it, um, you are not our demo market at this moment (laughs) (laughs) but hopefully we'll do something a little bit different with it and it'll turn out different and there you go yeah but thank thank you guys for showing up for the live show it was amazing yes all right so tracy we're going to cover a few haunted locations in the great state of texas now i tried to find some stories that most have not heard of and with that being said let's start with stephen f austin university in Nokadocious, Texas. I don't I think it's Nokadocious. It could be Nosado. I think it's Nokadocious though. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a hard C instead of a hard soft C. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we rode past the university when we went to Dallas last year, and uh, it sits on an absolutely beautiful campus full of trees. And one of the buildings on campus is the Fine Arts Theater. It's supposedly been haunted by a ghost named Chester. Since 1967. Now, the first sighting of Chester happened when a young professor was working alone in the Turner Fine Arts Auditorium, as it was known then. It was in the early morning hours, about 2 a.m. Professor was up on stage. He was doing some work on a set. That's when he felt a sudden cold draft hit the stage area. At that exact time, a heavy door blew open and then slammed shut. Well, that'll scare the bejesus out of you. Yes. The professor assumed that there was an intruder trying to frighten him. Mm-hmm. And he was frightened, so it if works. that was the case, it worked, yes. He did a thorough search of the building, but he found no one. He was very much alone. He got back to work on the set. Then he was hit with another strange blast of cold air. But now the code was joined by the sound of footsteps coming towards him. But there was no one there. No one at all. The echoing footsteps passed right by him and faded as they reached the side of the stage. Now he knew he was alone, but there was something very strange going on that he couldn't quite understand. Like he just stood there and didn't move. He just kind of Pretty like much. let it happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. He did what I would have done, and he called it a night, and he went home. <laughs> I don't blame you. Now, that was only the first in a long line 
of otherworldly happenings that have occurred in the theater over the last 55 years. There have been so many occurrences that Dr. William Waters, professor of the theater, gave the spirit the nickname Chester. That first year that Chester made an appearance, the drama department put on a production of Macbeth. Now, if you know anything about Macbeth, that play is rumored to be bad luck to many actors and many theaters. All kinds of stuff goes on when theaters do Macbeth. That's so weird. It also has ghosts as part of the plot. In Act 4, there are eight ghostly characters. Remember that number? Mm Mm-hmm. These represent the eight ghostly kings of, I think it's Banguol. Banguol. So if I mispronounce that, sorry. But on the stage that night, the audience saw not eight ghostly kings, but nine. The drama professor saw this too, and he hurried backstage to find the prankster who had snuck on stage, because that's what he assumed happened. But the eight actors came off stage, and they all seemed to be terrified, because they too had seen the ninth ghost, and they realized that the ninth ghost was an actual ghost. Wow. Well, that's that's nice for your uh, play there. <laughs> right. A little extra something-something. Yeah, I mean, people can, can claim that. That's right. You know, we got a real ghost in there mm-hmm. play ghost. Yeah. Now, there have been the common tales of lights turning on and off and footsteps on the catwalk above the stage, weird flickering lights in an empty room and strange whistling noises. The stories, though, kept adding up. What's funny is that the first year, which was 1967, they managed to do another play involving ghosts. I'm sure this was unintentional, nonetheless, pretty ironic when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So in 1967, they did a performance of The Ghost and Tiny Alice. Now, that play was written by LeGene Lacey Dykes. He was a student at the school. A picture was taken of the set, an apparition of a human form in a cowed hood, like a monk would be wearing, was seen when the picture was developed. They sent the picture and the negative to Eastman Kodak to determine that the film had been tampered with. The experts at the Eastman Kodak Company said that it had not been tampered with. Wow, I I felt like uh, um, Maury Povich for a second. Yeah, like you are the father. (laughs) That's so cool, though. So was the vaporous figure in the picture actually a ghost? You know, people say that they always want proof, but then when you give them proof like that. They're going to say, that's not a ghost. Yeah, that's fake. That's yeah. a that's a glare. That's some kind <laughs> of a, you know, and even though Eastman Kodak said that there was no problems with it, they would know, but people still. Well, you would think. You're never going to be able to prove there's ghosts. Well, and as technology gets better. Yeah. More people will say, oh, no, that was fake. That yeah, was because so now it's photo, something Photoshopped right, or something photo- like that. So, anyway, if you're going to believe what you're going to believe, it's that simple. Nothing's going to change your mind. So we're going to jump ahead 20 years to 1987. There was a production called A Flea in Her Ear. A graduate student named Janet E. Walker was standing behind the curtain waiting for her curtain call. She looked up and she saw a distorted face. She had no explanation other than to say it must have been Chester. Hmm. I was thinking 
of uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, but maybe that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> in 1985, a senior by the name of Mark Siegel, he was in a theater alone on the catwalk. On the catwalk. <laughs> on the catwalk. Okay, that's enough. He was, tra- <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to focus the lights for an upcoming opening production. He suddenly heard footsteps on the stage below. So he looks down and he sees a long shadow of a person in the corner of the auditorium. Naturally, he calls out, who's there? When there was no answer, he climbed down and he did a quick investigation of the building. After seeing that nothing was out of the ordinary, he went back to the catwalk and he finished the lighting. I should add that he finished the lighting as fast as he possibly could because the footsteps had started again. So he was ready to get out of there. Yeah, he's got to be careful up there, though. He could fall through the hole. The hole of the catwalk? Yeah. Another student, Jana, the daughter of a faculty member by the name of George M. Rainey, reported having an experience during the time that the ghost in Tiny Alice was in production. She had completed an evening rehearsal, and she was sitting in the auditorium doing some studying. As far as she knew, she was alone. But then she started to hear footsteps on the stage. After calling out and not getting any answer, Jonna walked up to the stage and she opened the curtain. She plainly heard footsteps leaving the stage, going down the stage steps, into the aisle, and out the door. The door opened and closed, then opened and closed again. Okay, I have a question. What would the world be like for these ghosts if there was no hardwood floors? What if everything was carpeted it? Then what happens? How they get your attention? I don't know. Smells. Smells? Slamming doors and well, I guess cupboards. That's true. And... <laughs> then the footsteps came back again into the auditorium. She felt a cool breeze as the footsteps went by, and then she saw a light. It was in the shape of a human body. It suddenly just materialized right in front of her. She said there was a face, but no features. It was blank and expressionless. Then the figure left, and then it returned again and started manically moving all over the auditorium. Like a manically? What's that mean? You know, like crazy, like just oh, fast, just bouncing back and forth, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jonna then said that she heard some type of unintelligible talking coming from the entity. At that point, she decided to leave. Needless to say, she was extremely puzzled over what she had seen and heard. Strangely enough, though, she said that she was not at all frightened. Just curious. Well, that's good. So we've said that this entity is known as Chester. But some people think that there's actually two spirits at the auditorium. The one referred to as Chester is friendly and benevolent. But the other is hostile and malevolent. Oh, what's his name? He don't have a name. Oh. One drama professor who asked not to be identified thinks that the spirit has gone home with him on several occasions. Now, a friend of this professor, a gentleman by the name of Dan Delaney, lives in Houston, said that he came over to visit and spend the night at the professor's trailer. Delaney slept on the couch in the living room. He said that an apparition appeared to him and seemed to question him being there. Um, what are you doing on my couch, dude? Right. 
It moved between the living room and the bedroom where the professor slept. It did this twice, then it disappeared. Now, Delaney was a Catholic, and he had borrowed a uh, priest's cassock and a crucifix to use in a play. So he had brought it over to the, the professor so he could have it and use it for this play. So that came in handy, I hope. Well, I don't think he had it at that moment. Oh. I don't know if that's when he brought it was that night, but that had happened. So when the play was over, the items were returned to him at his apartment in Houston. The same night that the items were returned, Delaney had a very vivid dream. It was a very disturbing dream in which his friend, the unnamed drama professor, was fatally injured with a blow of a hammer. And when Delaney woke up, he looked over and he saw the cassock and the crucifix at the foot of his bed. He got up, he put them in his closet, then he went back to sleep. This dream, though, came right back to him, even more vivid than before. He woke up, he went into the adjoining room. Everything was out of place. The room was a complete wreck. The Kasich that he had hung up in the closet was now crumpled up under a chair. Whoa. Delaney picks up the Kasich and out falls a hammer. (gasps) A hammer that he knew was kept in his garage. No way. So Delaney was deeply disturbed by this. So he immediately picks up the phone and calls his friend, the professor. He proceeds to warn him about this disturbing dream that he had. He tells him to stay away from the set. This could only be an omen. Well, the professor appreciated Delaney's concern, but it was just a crazy dream as far as he was concerned, and he continued to work on the sets. Well, he did until a very heavy hammer fell from out of nowhere from the catwalk area, landing where he had been standing just a second earlier. So it didn't hit him? No, it didn't. It barely missed him. And there was no one on the catwalks at the time. So there shouldn't have been any hammers or tools or anything up there. I guess he got the heck out of Dodge, didn't he? Yeah. So what do you what do you think? Do you think that 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 was a warning? Who? I mean, let me put it to you this way. They said they thought this was a an evil spirit type spirit, a malevolent spirit. But that sounds like it was trying to warn him of something to do. That doesn't really sound like it would be a malevolent spirit. It doesn't really sound that way. I would think it's a helpful spirit, and they just refuse to listen. But, on the other hand, could it be that spirit's the one that dropped the hammer? And maybe it was just telling him, hey, this is what we're going to do. Oh, I'm going to drop a hammer on this dude. Dude, that I can't imagine. That would hurt so bad. He said what? In November 1986, a student named Andy Long had a strange experience with a ghost. He recalled a time when he was alone in the auditorium. As he was walking along the stage, a spotlight came on and started shining on him and following him along his path on the stage. It's like he was a star all of a sudden, but he's the only one in the place. <laughs> the board was not programmed to do anything like that, and there was also no up, uh, no one up there that could have done it manually. So there should have been no possible way that the spotlight that, Yeah, that could have happened, yeah. That was all she wrote for Andy. He left, and as quick as he possibly could, did not return. Well, see, at least set. some of these people are smart and just do it. I mean, I wonder if that one guy said, dude, you were so right about the hammer. Oh, I don't know. 
he should have been thanking him. No, well, no, not really. Well, I would have been like, I told you, dude. Why you? I mean, why are you? You didn't listen. Every once in a while, newspapers and other publications will report on a new Chester experience. No one's really sure who the entity might actually be. Some think that it's an architect who designed the building. Others think it's a construction worker who fell to his death during construction of the building. It's said that neither a construction worker nor an architect died during the time that the theater was being built. Why would the architect be mad? I wonder. Oh, if he died during the time it was being done. Oh, but but they never did. But these apparently were just urban legends. But this one is true. There was a foreman who died of a heart attack during the construction of the building. So maybe it was him. But that's our story on Stephen F. Austin. Dang. I do have another quick Texas story for you, though. In the small town of Karnak, Texas, there is the Taylor Mansion. Now, Karnak was the city in which Lyndon Johnson's wife, Lady Bird Johnson, was raised. She lived in the Taylor Mansion at one time. Her brother, Tony Taylor, told a story to the Tobert, Texas newspaper back in 1966. Lady Bird's father, Thomas Jefferson Thomas, bought the mansion. Tony Taylor said that the mansion was haunted by the spirit of a young lady. Wait, his name was Thomas Jefferson Thomas? So his name was Thomas Thomas? No, uh, let me... <laughs> Wait, what? No, her father was Thomas Jefferson. Then I, I meant to say Thomas bought. Oh. So it's not... <laughs> it's not Thomas Taylor. <laughs> I was like, well, not a lot for imagination there. No, I ran something together. That's okay. my fault. So Thomas Jefferson was his name, and I said I meant to say Thomas bought the mansion, and I just ran it all together. Okay, yeah. Anyways, Tony Taylor said the mansion was haunted by the spirit of a young lady. He believed that this could be the daughter of the home builder, a gentleman by the name of George Tullew. Now, the home was built way back in 1843. And the story goes that Mr. Tullew's daughter was sitting in a chair next to the fireplace in what is known as the East Room. Now, a bolt of lightning came down the chimney and struck her, killing her instantly. Now, that's a fact. We know that. That's not an urban legend or a rumor. Well, I mean, what did it do? Bounce off the, the rock or the... I have no idea. And then this hit? But I mean, that is weird. But, I mean, lightning can travel and bounce off stuff. And... Well, that's true, but how it's like it's made a U-turn right to her. That's crazy. Tony Taylor said that he didn't blame the girl's spirit for being angry or confused. So here she was just, you know, sitting by the cozy fireplace on a stormy night, feeling safe and sound. The next thing you know, she's sizzling like bacon. Ugh. I, I did that part. Tony didn't That say is that. terrible. Taylor said that he personally hasn't seen the spirit, but several others described her as beautiful and extra crispy. <laughs> I did that too. And he said he was beautiful. He's heard voices, and he's heard sounds at night that made the hair stand up on the back of his neck. He's also heard what he described as lady-like sobs. Pauline Ellison, which was Tony's stepmother, said that she once spent the night in the room where the young lady was killed. She said that she didn't see or hear ghosts, but she did have a strange experience. One night, all the windows were shut. The curtains began to move as if someone was walking around behind them, and she found no explanation for what caused it. I'm sure that that girl sitting by the fireplace was like, you know, if we could have just got modern around here, 
We wouldn't have to build no daggone fire. That was in the 1860s. That well, was as modern as it got. Dang. And no, they didn't have that cell phones. That is crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy that a lightning strike come down there like that. That's I love that you're still fascinated by that part. Well, don't you think? I, I, yeah, I mean. I mean, it's like comes down the fireplace and says, Err! and it makes a U-turn and hits her. <laughs> right? That is bizarre. But I mean, there could be a little more to it. I mean, you got you probably had pokers and stuff, fire utensils, fireplace utensils laying beside her that were probably made out of metal, iron, or something. So I mean, it might have been attracted towards that, and she was in a chair right next to it. Who knows how close she was sitting? That on is that. just so crazy. What a crazy thing. Well, it is what it is. Anyways, that's our stories from Texas. Yeah. So let's take a quick sponsor break, and we'll be back to tell you about some other cool stuff that's going on. All right, Tracy. Quick housekeeping. We've got one more live event. You'll be hearing all the commercials all over all of our episodes. Bobby Mackey's Music World. It's the last time we're going to be at Bobby Mackey's for at least a couple of years. Hmm. This will be our fourth year in a row there. And uh, it's time to start doing some other stuff. So I'm looking at other locations, but that is October 16th. It's a Sunday, 12 to 3. Mm-hmm. We have the place all to ourselves. Gatekeeper Paranormal will be there to tell us all about the legends, everything from Pearl O'Brien's death and dismembered head being dropped down the uh, well, which is the story there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, how it used to be an old slaughterhouse. And well, don't how, tell them everything. Then I, they ain't going to want to come. They've heard our story. Oh. We've done a complete episode. Oh. But, of course, you've had Carl, the um, caretaker who was possessed and Mm -hmm. the exorcism happened right there on the property so they'll tell you about all that stuff what's true what's not true of course you got johanna the story that bobby Mackey wrote the song about that was supposed to be the dancer and there's so many stories that go along with that place and uh gatekeeper paranormal will tell you all about that because they will also be there and then they'll give everybody an hour-long tour Mm -hmm. of bobby Mackey's. very cool man yeah it's a very cool place very fun show 12 to 3 and there are only, when, and when the last time I looked, there was only 20 tickets available. Mm-hmm. So it will sell out, especially with us doing commercials and stuff on it. So you might want to snag your ticket as quick as possible. And only 25 bucks, and that includes the tour. Yeah. They usually charge more than that for the tour by itself. Right. That's true. So anyways. We always have a good time, guys. We hope to see you there. Yeah. It's going to be a blast. And every and two of the four times that we've been there, well, three of the four times, something has happened to somebody. Mm-hmm. People have either gotten sick or people have gotten scratched. We've yep. had people get scratched on two different people on two different occasions yep. get scratched. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get scratched by a demon, come on out. Yeah. So. Heck yeah. Um, a lot of fun to be had. Looking at other shows, this is the last one we got this year. We uh, are looking at shows next year, uh, still playing around. But I'll tell you what the initial thoughts are is New Orleans in October. That's the one we're working on. Indianapolis at some point. We're looking at Buffalo up by Niagara Falls so people can come up and see Niagara Falls and all of our Canadian listeners that are in the Toronto area might be able to come to that one. And I'm looking at maybe someplace in Michigan. So that's what I'm looking at is four shows next year. Sounds good. So I think we're bypassing some of the regular places like mm-hmm. Louisville and yeah. the, you know, Bobby Mackey's and some yeah. of the others. Time so. to do something new. Right. All right. Tracy, we're going to talk about the cruise in a minute, but let's cover uh, our iTunes and stuff first. All righty. So we have a Christy G, Mojo Lobster, Loch Ness 89, Kay Cummins, Baby Dust 1974, 
Big Lou, 1223, July Dot, Mrs. Brenda, Ryan from Mom Valley, Liz Stiller, and Jesse's Bear. Thank you guys for your really nice reviews. They were amazing. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you so much for taking the time out to do that. We really do appreciate you guys. Our Patreons are Karen Burles, Wookie, Perry and Eden Treffs, Diane Bowers, and Sherry Roderick. Thank you guys so much for your support. We appreciate y'all so much. And I just I just hope y'all do realize how much we do appreciate y'all. Yeah, we just had a um, Patreon bonus episode released last night, Listener Stories episode. Mm-hmm. Had uh, a really cool a couple of different interviews on there. Dave Domi was on there, and then, uh, of course, Erica and Coulter that we met on the uh, cruise. Mm-hmm. Was Very nice. So with that being said, let's talk about the cruise a little bit. I thought over, overall, for the first time, it went extremely well. We uh, we had fun. We had three events on the ship. We had a meet and greet. We had a cocktail party, and we had the live event. And uh, like I said, there was a few little hiccups along the way. But uh, overall, I think most people were happy. It's a live and learn. The next one we do, we'll know some uh, some things to stay away from or the things to do better. I'll be a little more heavily involved with the uh, with the activities on board. Uh, so it should be a lot better. But with that being said, we plan on doing the next one in July of 2024. So not this coming year, but the year after. So that'll give people, we won't be able to set it up till probably December uh, because um, Royal Caribbean, who did a fantastic job with us, um, they only book out 18 months in advance. So right now they only go up to April for their cruises. So I'll have to wait till December, but this will give everybody 16 or 18 months to be able to pay for it, plan it out and all that stuff. Like we did this last one. Mm-hmm. I think that would, that's what we really want to do. And we want to schedule it at the end of July because that'll give people a chance. Schools to be out for most places. And if, if people want to bring their kids or something, then they'll be able to do that with us doing it in July instead of September. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of fun things for the kids to do. I was just, it's like it was our first time and it was overwhelming and amazing and we cannot tell you how nice the whole staff was on this crew. I mean, I know they get paid, that's their job, but I'm telling you, they were so nice. And it just made our our cruise more enjoyable. Um we had a blast. We had so much fun meeting everybody and seeing people that we have met before. Uh it's just I don't know. I kind of miss it already. And you know, we've been back a week, but I'm like, I'm ready to go back now. I want to give a big thank you to uh, Nick and Rob from Ohio. Yes, definitely. And obviously Shane from from Shane Waters from uh, Foul Play. It was it was great having everybody on board. It just it uh, it was a perfect a perfect little get together. It was. It was. And you know, of course. You know, I can't say anything about Nick and Rob. <laughs> they always keep the party going. So, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and we hope you guys consider going on the next cruise. It was just a blast. The next one, we already know this much. I do know it will be leaving from Galveston, Texas, and going to Cozumel, Mexico. Okay, that much we do know. And if you guys look, Miami was okay. I don't mind. It's a big city, lots of stuff to do. But if you've never been to Galveston, Galveston gives you that small town feel, and it's just something about that place. I love the. I would move to Galveston in a heartbeat. 
And uh, I think I think for you guys that have never been there, you'll really enjoy going from Galveston to uh, uh, Mexico. So mm-hmm. that'll be where the next one goes. It'll be a four or five day trip. We might do five days this time. It depends on uh, just what the deals are, what they have. Because right, right. I want to find the best deal out there possible. A uh, five day obviously will cost a little more than a four day. But in some cases I've seen already for the April ones, it was the same price for a four day and a mm-hmm. five day in certain mm-hmm. situations. So we'll we'll play it by ear. And, uh, but you know, I'm excited about it, but yeah, this cruise, man, it's, uh, the, the ship was great. The food was great. Uh, a lot of different options, stuff to do when you step off the boat. I mean, there were so many different excursions and stuff, but yeah, it was, it was fun. It was really fun. And we got to meet so many people from all over the country and even from Canada. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, we, we can't wait. We ended up with just under a hundred people who uh, was was able to make the trip after it was all said and done. We had 200 signed up at one point, but through lost some through various reasons. And um, I think the next one will probably, will hit that 200. I hope I really so. Do. I wish it wasn't two years away. I wish it was like a year away. Well, technically a year and a half. Well, yeah, still, so. that's too far for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, they, if you've ever been on a cruise and things went good like it did with ours, it leaves you wanting to just, Go right back. Mm-hmm. And some of them did. We know because uh, we were talking to uh, Terry and um, Shayla and they they booked one for December already. Good for them. So. Well, why don't we? Because we Christmas and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's that true. makes it tough. Oh, that's true. I don't think they've got any kids or anything. So it's okay. probably a little so, easier yeah, for them to just up and definitely. go. Definitely. Well, anyway, guys, thank you guys for the ones that joined us. And we had a blast and we love you all so much for, for doing that with us. Good yep. memories. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this one. I don't have any interviews or anything to put on here because uh, I wouldn't hear. Yeah, to be able to. Do. That's <laughs> but, true. But uh, we'll be back because I I got some big interviews in the works. So. Good. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Y'all have a blessed week. Love you.